Welcome to this edition of Morgan He Asked For Podcast. We'll be joined here by Trevor in just a second, and we'll go over, you know, college NFL football, uh, Cyclones and Hawkeyes, and then the NFL talk and stuff. But first, um, I want to talk about, um, you know, if you guys follow on Twitter, everything, I sent a picture out. Um, I went to the Ryder Cup on Saturday with my dad and my dad's cousin. Uh, so the three of us drove up there Friday night to Milwaukee and stayed, and then uh, got up about four o'clock in the morning and left at about four 30 and, and got to the course about five and, you know, hustle the, the, um, they opened the gates at six and then we hustled to our seats, got there. Oh, we were probably in our seats at six 20 or so. And, uh, you know, sitting right there on, on the stands there on, on hole number one, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting cause they're playing music. It's like a concert. Everybody's cheering. Um, you know, you can see the see everything going on, and then about seven o'clock, you know, it's still dark at that time. You know, they truly teed off just uh, uh, as soon as the sun was coming up. Uh, you could see like Michigan in the background, uh, you know, and then you know, start about seven o'clock. Uh, everybody starts coming out, and then they hit, and and everybody came out, and then the four groups go, and and then we went over to hole six and watched, and and you know. Um, that was a hole that the Europeans had figured out every approach shot. They hit all four groups uh, were close three birdies by them. And then one missed putt. Uh, so that was a hole that Europe uh, did really good on. Then we went uh, over to hole 16, which is a, a par five where we were sitting where their drive ended up, which is about 300 yards away. Um, and, and it's just amazing at how close those guys put it to everybody you know, right and left a little bit, you know, some guys went a little right, some guys went a little left, but distance wise, you know, some of those guys can hit it farther than that. Um, I don't know if they hit three woods or whatever, uh, but they all put it within about 20, 25 yards of each other, left themselves about 230 up the hill. Uh, some of them hit, you know, like a hybrid-ish and then some long irons and stuff. And, you know, we were right there when Sergio hit his, he hit it to about 10 feet from there. And had a great chance uh, for birdie there or eagle there. Uh, then we, we then we uh, you know um, you know obviously be on sixteen there. We let them go through and it ended uh, the round two. And then we went to, and had uh, had lunch, not cheap. Um, a hot dog, chips, and a beer was about thirty bucks. <laughs> and, uh, but that's uh, kind of par for the course there, um, and, and that's okay. Uh, so just kind of relax there and break. And, and then we went and sat on hole three, which was a, a par three right along the lake um, for the afternoon session, watch everybody go through, um, you know, got good pictures of guys just walking, you know, right next, I mean, right next to us. Um, probably the closest I came to anybody was actually Michael Jordan. Um, he came, uh, you know, he was across the way uh, teeing off, but then when we were leaving to go to hole six, he was in a golf cart and, and it wasn't me, but just, you know, there's people ever going everywhere and they were just having to stop and, and stuff. And he truly just stopped right in front of me and I could have reached out and touched him. You know, that's how close I was and just said hi. And, you know, he just, everybody watch out, watch out. We don't want to hit you. You know, he was being really nice and I would not, I mean, there were a lot of carts getting driven around, not just by, you know, people like that. It was him and a Madrashad on the cart. Uh, but just carts kind of going everywhere. And I would not have wanted to drive a cart with that many people walking around that course. Uh, but then uh, hole three, then we went um, to hole 10 uh, and watched everybody drive, which was almost a reachable par four. 
Um, like Bryson and Brooks hit it uh, just, you know, probably 20 yards short of the green. And then they chip up close and, and try to make birdie there. Uh, and then just right on the backside of that was hole 18. And we went there and, and the neatest part of that was Shane Lowry made that putt to, to get that one up. And then where he kind of threw his putter and stuff. And that was just right in front of us there on the stands there. And it was just real neat to see, uh, but just a great experience. You know, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into. There isn't a ton of golf, especially on Saturday. Um, only four groups at a time. And in the morning, it went really fast because uh, they were playing, you know, uh, the four ball and uh, or the foursome. So they're just alternating shots. So there's, you know, two drives and then two iron plays and then, you know, one or two putts. Um, you know, and then obviously in the afternoon where they're all playing their own ball, it's a little different. Uh, but just a great experience. I encourage everybody to go. Uh, that is a golf fan. It comes back in 2029 to Hazeltine, uh, back to Hazeltine uh, in Minnesota. Um, already, I will probably go to that. My son will be 17. I didn't take Tyler there. He loves golf and stuff, but just a lot of driving. Uh, we drove six hours up there, uh, and then we were back. We were actually back here in Oskaloosa at 9.30 Sunday morning. We got up about 5 o'clock and left because uh, Tyler had baseball at, at 11 here. So, uh, quick weekend, but definitely well worth it. Uh, I would encourage anybody that's a big golf fan to go do that. Uh, but just great seeing. It was just amazing that, you know, those guys, they're tall, but they're not very big. I mean, you know, Bryson's big, but other than that, you know, they're not, they're long and lean and just hit the crap out of the golf ball. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun to watch. It looked like you had an awesome day up there. The oh, pictures, weather was perfect. It was it was a beautiful setting. You got to see Michael Jordan up close. That's pretty cool. Not many people can say that because <laughs> you figure typically he's going to have massive security around him. But on a golf course like that, sometimes you just end up at the right spot. And yeah. there's Michael Jordan right in front of you within arm's reach, like you said. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, that that golf's and I've never been to a golf tournament. I've never been to like a USO. And I know you have went to a few of them out there in Colorado and stuff, but um, I've been to the. I went to the U.S. Senior Open, um, and then I, I went to the Principal Classic here. I've been so I've been to a couple of senior events, but I've never been to a regular PGA Tour event. And yeah, there's times those guys are close. I mean, Colin Morikawa there on 16 was hitting it out of a bunker. Um, yeah, and he was 10 yards from me. You know, just he was close to the ropes. Um, you know, and just we were just right there. And you, I mean, you can hear him talking. It was him and DJ were playing together and they were talking and trying to get the yardages and helping each other the best they could. And, you know, just, you know, it was awesome. And I, I know, you know, they're not playing for money and stuff like that. So I think it's a little bit different setting. And, you know, it was funny watching, you know, four or eight guys go play golf, but then they had 40 people following them. And obviously all the TV people and usually some assistant captain and then their wives and girlfriends and, you know, um, you know, family looked like a lot of moms and dads were walking with, you know, um, and you always, and some of them are like, who's, I wonder who that is. Is it a guy that just paid a lot of money or is it family or is it a friend? You know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, a whole entourage is, you know, truly everybody, you know, cause everybody's wives were there and everything. And it's just amazing amount of people that are inside the ropes, uh, for this event. And I, and I read an article where that doesn't happen on a, you know, even the wives are outside the, the ropes at a regular tour event um you know it's just different and 
but it was an unbelievable time and no regrets. You know, it was a lot of time and, and a lot of money kind of uh, tickets were not cheap, uh, but uh, it was fun and, and don't regret it at all. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm sure you had a great time. I'd, I'd love to go to one someday and, you know, just going back to uh, Sunday, you know, you're already home. Like you said, you had baseball, but the individual matches were going on and speaking of Bryson and Sergio, Right before Sergio was getting ready to tee off on on number one, he was a few seconds away from addressing the ball, and the crowd got quiet. And somebody in the crowd goes, "Sergio, you're the worst." <laughs> and then the entire crowd was like, "Whoa, you know, don't don't say that." But you know, I, I find Sergio, but he's had a handful of moments over his career where he's, you know, it's been a bad look for him. So yeah. that. Typically, I don't like those dumb comments. Yeah, you know, that, that was kind of funny. And, and that, that is that amazing. A good one, I, thought. I mean, you know, and, and it's all kind of a good fun because like, you know, like Roy McIlroy, I cheer for him. He's one of my favorite ones. But obviously, you know, when he walks out, everybody boos, you know, and it's kind of in jest. I mean, it, you can just kind of hear it. Uh, but when everybody gets up to hit, it is dead silent. I mean, it truly is. Um you know, and even their warm up, warming up swing, you know, it's their practice swing, they're making noise. But when they truly address the ball, uh, it does get real quiet. And, you know, and, and it, it was respectful when needed to be. Uh, but, you know, it's just a neat experience and, and watching, you know, the average world ranking of the American golfer was like six. I mean, so it was it was amazing. And, you know, kind of the stat that I thought was amazing for this was all 12 Americans made the tour championship and only 30 people make that and that's unbelievable so i mean you know the u.s dominated that event but if you look at those here are those couple stats it's not surprising no it seems like europe they've always had the the more team the feels like the better team not necessarily world rankings they just mm -hmm. come together as a team better than america did and this year was awesome and it it could be a sign for years to come in future Ryder Cups. Maybe America, it's their time to dominate for a while now with yeah, all the young ones that they have. I mean, it, it, it's looking that way. I mean, I think what happened is, you know, the U.S. got young, got really young, and then – DJ was the oldest guy on the team, right? Yeah, 37. And, and his, his quote – I don't know, did you watch the press conference and stuff, but his, his quote at the end of it when someone asked him, uh, can he – party and hang with the young kids and he just wrote apps f and lutely you know? yep I, I did see that that was, and, that and was we've funny. all we've all made jokes that uh i think dustin does party more than about anybody <laughs> he probably does and he and he went five and oh but yeah i mean it's america is set up now for you know the next three four or five rider cups to maybe go on a little run here yeah i mean i, I you know obviously they're they're doing predictions but you know kind of like a Harris English or a couple of those guys that are, that made it this time that probably aren't, I mean, aren't going to be an every time one, uh, you know, Matthew Wolf is another young guy that, uh, you know, would definitely be expected to be in this. Uh, Harris mix. English. I, I, I mean, I knew his name. I knew a little about him, right. but he, uh, he kind of impressed me. I, I became a fan yeah. of his over the yeah. weekend. Just because Scheffler, Scheffler was the one that really uh, surprised me just even when I was there Saturday, just, he hit the ball well. I mean, he did not miss anything that I saw him hit. Um, and obviously, DJ didn't. I mean, and and really, and really, that was the thing that you saw was, you know, they didn't miss by a lot. Now, sometimes, you know, on number three, the first group, I think the wind got them. Um, they were all short and they were all left. And then as the groups went through, it got better and better. So 
you know, obviously they're talking to each other and the captains are talking on their earpieces and stuff. So you could just tell that I would guess those guys were taking different clubs because uh, the wind was more than they thought or less than, you know, it just wasn't what they thought the first group. Uh, and, and it was just neat to watch how that last group, the shots were all a lot better than the first group. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're that good. Give them just a little bit of info. And yeah. They can make uh, hey, the first two guys were 20 yards short, take an extra club. That's easy. I mean, you know, so you think it's a five iron, so you take a four. It was about a 215 yard par three, you know, uh, right to left wind with the lake on the left, you know. I mean, so you had to hold it up against, you know, you couldn't hit a draw or it was gone, you know. So you had to hit a cut up into the wind. And... No, it, it was a great event. Uh, the announcers were all saying that's probably one of the best venues that they think it's ever been hosted at. I will say this, that course is insane walking. Those, I mean, it is up and down side. And I mean, and then, you know, it's just kind of a natural, you know, up and down. And like, so if you weren't in stands, you were truly on like side hills, like sitting and trying to stand where nothing was flat ever. And uh, the only flat parts were the greens or, and the fairways, you know, I mean, everything else is just uh, hilly and bumpy. And, you know, like you said, it's a link style course. Um, it's not a links course in the in the fact that you're going to roll the ball up, but it's links because there's no trees, it's wind, and it's weather. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, it, it is just a great golf course. I heard today that it's the third ranked public course in in America. Uh, so I mean, it's just right there because and it is public. You can you can play it. Uh, it'll cost you, but you can play it. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm sure it's expensive, and it, it seemed like it was the opposite of the last time that America hosted the Ryder Cup. It sounded like, you know, years ago, the last time they hosted it, the whole pin placements were really easy. The course really wasn't set up that tough. This seemed like a much tougher challenge for both teams, and it was link style, which you think it, the Europe's, you know, would maybe favor a little bit, but it worked toward America's advantage. Yeah, it, it, I don't know how tough it really was. I mean, because those guys – I don't remember who it was, but on one of the days that, and one, somebody had eight birdies, like Daniel Berger or Dustin, somebody had eight birdies. Keffler did. Huh? Six birdies through five holes on the, on Sunday. I yeah. Think and so, I mean, so maybe, so, maybe it's not as tough as I'm making it out to be. I just, with the, the lake yeah. and wind and. Yeah. And, and the wind wasn't horrible. I think it was more windy Sunday a little bit. Um, the wind was not bad on Saturday. Um, you know, it, it was right to left. So coming from the land to the lake. So, and, and that made it, you know, I wore a long sleeve jacket, uh, the whole day. I took it off just a little bit when we were standing at number three, probably about uh, one, two o'clock in the afternoon, but then I put it back on, uh, pretty quickly. And then, you know, we were sitting there on 18 and it was starting to get a little dark and stuff. It was getting, I mean, it was not warm there, uh, at all, like high as 67 or whatever, uh, not the 90 degrees has been here every day. And so, so that was kind of interesting. It was like 45 degrees when we woke up Saturday morning. Uh, but uh, just far enough north and then on the lake and just, you know, uh, but just a great experience. Like I said, encourage anybody to, uh, to go uh, that has the ability to go, go. Glad you had a good time. It, it looked like fun. And like I said, before we got started here, uh, on Sunday I found myself watching that more than football just because I knew it was – 
we got a lot of football left. Ryder Cups once every two years. So that's where my focus was at. And I guess we may as well get into college. I don't know if you want to start with Iowa State or get an Iowa. Can. First, first, first thing I'm going to say, I think this is the first time in, I don't even, probably really since I can remember, because I've always watched football and stuff. I did not watch one second of college football on Saturday. Um, you know, I followed some stuff and I tried to follow on my phone and stuff, but the phone service is awful, you know, when there's 40,000 people around. Um, but just even we didn't get back. We, we ended up driving all the way to Madison uh, just to get a little bit closer uh, for the drive on Sunday. So we drove, it was about two hours and it took us about an hour to get out. You know, the pros of being one of the first ones there in the morning means when we're the last ones out, <laughs> you know, uh, we sat and didn't move for a long time trying to get out of there. Um, so we didn't get to uh, back to the hotel and everything till 10 30, 11 o'clock. Then obviously getting up at, 345 we were tired we had to get up at five o'clock so we truly just went to bed so I did not watch one second of college football uh, on Saturday um, so like and I know you saw in our chat and everything I had no idea Clemson lost <laughs> you know just I knew Iowa State lost but I hadn't I mean and I was trying to follow it um, I knew the two-point conversion failed but I didn't understand there was a a, mic, a fumbled snap and you know it was just a bad you know um you know, just trying to piece it together on my phone. Uh, but just overall with Iowa State, and, and I've listened to a lot of stuff, you know, you know, I do. And, and uh, just, I listened to Campbell's press conference today. I listened to the coaches sh show last night. Um, and then just everybody with the analysis and everything. And it's just, again, much like the Iowa game, you dominate time of possession, you dominate yards, you dominate everything, but the score, because your special teams just flat or horrible. I saw a stat today that I think the punt team or the kick kick return team, one of them is ranked 129th out of 130 teams. Uh, you can't win with that. And I don't know. And, and everybody says, well, they don't practice it. They don't have a kill. Well, that that's BS. They practice it just like everybody else. But for some reason, that part of the game is not getting taught well enough or you know, just something about it isn't working. Um, so I expect changes. It's not going to matter this week. Kansas is coming to town. Uh, Kansas is really bad. Um, so, and then they have the bye week. So they got really two weeks here to figure themselves out. We thought Colorado State was really bad too. So, huh? We Iowa thought Colorado State was really bad too. I well, mean, Kansas is bad, but yeah, I mean, you got to. Colorado State got smoked by South Dakota State. So, yeah, I mean, Colorado State isn't in Vanderbilt beat. Colorado State and yeah so I mean both schools played really horrible team I mean I, I truly believe horrible teams um you know Iowa State this week and Iowa next or last week um but you know with Baylor you know you just and then for the first time all season and, and you have to know this will happen that Baylor's offensive game plan to start the game three straight touchdowns worked then they figured it out and they didn't get anything the rest of the game they got, they had like 70 yards of offense um, in the second half, fourth quarter minus four yards and lost the game um, because of special teams, kick return and a punt return, you know? Yeah. And I, I didn't watch the game either. I, I saw the two point attempt at the end and I, I just had the stats pulled up. I see Paul had 190 yards. Two he was averaging seven yards a carry and then looking yep. 
I'm just looking at stats here. I, I like I said, didn't watch the game, but yeah. You know, then he had like another Taylor's, fifty, another fifty yards receiving. Aren't really that aren't that impressive? So again, you, you brought up special teams. I didn't realize that was a big part of that game, oh. but that would make sense now. Just looking at the stats here, because it's like, man, how did how did Baylor win that game? Just looking at the numbers, but that's football. Well, I mean, special teams comes down. It's a here, big here's what it is, Trevor. The first three drives, they scored touchdowns. So that's 21 points. Okay. Then they had a kick return for a touchdown. So that's 28. And they had a field goal that on the punt and the return got it to the 20-yard line. And they lost four yards on that series. That's their four yards of negative on four, but they still kicked the field goal because they were already at the 20-yard line. What well, did the defense did? And that was, you know, they win the game by two. Gotcha. Yeah, this just Taylor and Matt were we were in Silverthorne last night having dinner, and I Taylor and I brought it up too, and I I told him that I told you this a couple weeks ago. This Iowa State team just reminds me of the year that I won the Orange Bowl, yep. and, and I was going to bring that up. It, it's yeah. it's dead on. It's dead on. Now again, and I'm gonna I said this after that. Really, if you think about it, everything is still out there for you. If Iowa State doesn't lose another game, they will go to the Big Twelve title game and have the chance to win the big 12 title you know you're not going to the playoff now that's gone that's out of i don't care if you run the table and and if you look at the big 12 as a big picture there's nobody that should scare you oklahoma doesn't look that good baylor might be the best team right now oklahoma state looks decent you know the tc each other this week both those teams are undefeated at four and oh yeah i'd say TCU got beat by SMU. They kind of looked and had been kind of a, you know, maybe your third or fourth best team going into the season. Kansas State had the big Stanford win, but they get their barn doors burned out by Oklahoma State. You know, uh, Oklahoma is 4-0 and and ranked third in the country, but they haven't looked that good. I mean, so if you are as good as you thought you were earlier, you can win every game going in. Uh, now, my confidence in that, is uh, not real high right now. I think you lose one, maybe two more games if I if I had to make a prediction now. Um, but we'll see. Texas, you know, maybe Texas isn't that bad. That got beat by they got beat by Arkansas. Everybody was giving them a hard time, but Arkansas is ranked eighth in the country now. <laughs> you know, I mean, so maybe they just got beat by a better team. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas might be pretty good this year interesting to see how the rest of your finishes out be right Oklahoma's down to six they they won by three against West Virginia at home yeah. and, you, and you're right the, the season's not over for Iowa State they got to keep their heads up because again this is not I say it in a jokingly way but in a nice way but I mean if Iowa State gets to seven eight nine wins yes it's a disappointment for the expectations but overall for the program's history it's still a good year so Oh yeah, they never won more nine games. <laughs> you can't just abandon ship and go. Well, we're done. I mean, you're right. They could run the table, I suppose, and even make the Big Twelve championship, and then go to whatever bowl game they go to. But there's still a lot of positives left. It's easy to get down right now because lost to Iowa, then lost to Baylor. You're two and two. But say they win, go on a winning streak. I mean, the season's not over. There's a lot to play for still for them. Well, and that's unfortunately it's just the way Iowa state has been. They, they don't, they obviously haven't beaten Iowa and they they've, I don't think they've uh, won their first uh, 
Big 12 game ever under Campbell, if, if I remember correct. Because last year they lost to Oklahoma State and then ran the table the rest of the year. Um, they, they typically get better as the year goes on under Campbell. Yeah, and, and that's, beginning of the year, they get some. Yeah, and and, hope, and you know, the, the joke is Brocktober. Well, that starts Saturday, you know, you know, and if it has Kansas, then we have a bye week and then it's Oklahoma state. Um, Kansas state. Yep. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's at Kansas state and then Oklahoma state and then at West Virginia. Now those are, those three games are important because two of them on the road and then obviously the one home game, but those are, you know, if you win those, if you win the next four games and you're six and two going against Texas, you know, if you're six and two, you're going to be ranked 15 to 20th, I would say. Um, if, if I had to make a guess just with what where you started, I mean, I know you're out of the pool now, but you're going to jump back in pretty quick if you can get some wins. And there's life back in the season. You're not right. Not then, then you go, you know, Texas is at home. You win that one. Now you're seven and two. Okay. Oklahoma comes to town. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it is all there for you still. Uh, you know, the, the ceiling ceiling isn't there, but you can still achieve a lot of your goals and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you don't give up yet as a fan. I mean, it, it's just it's good to have expectations. I mean, it's fun, but it, this stuff happens and you got to be realistic about it, I think. And that, that, like I said, that just brought me back to that Iowa season after they won the Orange Bowl where they brought back all those players and they just didn't live up to the hype. It just wasn't the type of season. And, that doesn't mean that's the way it's going to go for Iowa State. They've only lost twice. They could run the table and only lose once more the rest of the season. So right. we'll, yeah, we'll I'd see. say, you know, if, if, you know, again, I do not think it will happen, but, you know, if you finish the season 10 and 2, okay, <laughs> that's a great season. I mean, that's unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Now, you would have thought the games they lost might have been different. You know, you maybe you lose to Oklahoma beat Baylor well overall in the schemes of the big 12 standings it doesn't matter who you lose to you know if you only lose one game you're going most likely I mean you know it's just the way it's going to work yeah like you said they finished two, 10 and 2 that's still a really good year especially given how it started the first four games so mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of football out to be played it's it's not time to press the panic button for Iowa State or anything like that it's just you're pressing the uh disappointed button i guess you'd call it yeah and super disappointed and now you have no room for error i mean that was that was a thing if if you got into you know say you were four and oh right now you're ranked number four in the country or five would you'd be essentially where iowa is i mean that i mean essentially you just replace that's what iowa did they replaced iowa state that, that's what's happened iowa state was there you know if, if iowa state wins that game they jump to five and they stay there and stay there until they lose you know or people in front of them lose um, and you, so, you know, and maybe, you know, you rank number five, Oklahoma state, you lose to them, you know, in the sixth week of the season. Well, it's really no different than losing to Baylor. It's just timing of it, you know? So it just, but again, disappointed just as a complete, almost understatement. And just like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but that's why they play the game. And, and that's why. You know, Coach Campbell gets paid $4 million. It's his job to figure it out. And uh, if he's got players out there that, that can't do it or won't do it, then he needs to put players out there that will. And in the, those special teams, um, he needs to get 
the right guys out there. And if they're not doing their job, then he needs to replace them with guys that will. Yeah. And I think Campbell, we may have talked about this before. I, I know I saw it on a, on a forum though, but I think starting at one seven every year and on, he gets a $250,000 bonus. So, so it's worth his while. So, I mean, he, you know, I, two losses already. I mean, he's, he's going to be fighting for that eight, nine, 10 wins if, if possible. Yeah. 250,000 every win, but you're right. I, I think they'll be all right. We'll see what happens the rest of the year. To me, it's got a little bit of a feeling of they peaked maybe last year. Not to say that they're a bad team this year, but the expectations might have just been a little too high. Maybe Brock Purdy peaked as a as a sophomore. You know, maybe he's just kind of plateaued a little bit. Yeah, he, he's hit his athletic peak. He, he can't go yeah, higher. And, and still, I mean, if they win seven, eight, nine games, it's still a really good year for Iowa State. But oh, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it because the expectations are so high. And that's, that's part of the problem with being a fan is you, sometimes you get these, this was part of being a fan. You get these big dreams, what could be, and then reality hits and it's, it's hit for basically every fan base out there in college football, except Alabama. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I still haven't, I, I almost canceled it, but I'm like, there still is a chance. I do have a hotel room in Dallas still. Uh, there still is a chance, uh, one more loss and I probably will cancel it, but, uh, the only good thing that might save me money if I don't have to go to Dallas and we don't go to the sugar bowl or stuff like that, it saved me some money. <laughs> well, you can always cancel those hotel rooms later and oh, you yeah. never know. maybe if, maybe they might play a bowl game down there and you've already got your hotel room booked. So that the good thing about hotel rooms is typically you can, you can cancel them like the day right. before or the week. Yep. Before, so. Yep. So now let, let's get to Iowa. And again, like I said, I didn't see um, one second of it. Um, just kind of followed it and, and heard people talk or whatever. And, and just an, another struggle, not necessarily, you know, not like last week where, you know, they truly just didn't explode. It was never really in, in you know, maybe worrisome to lose uh, last week at all, but it just, you just never ran away with it. This week, however, it didn't look good for a while from everything I saw and read um, just flat, you know, um, you didn't have the best punter on the field <laughs> and uh, you know, and you know, yeah, just their, their punter, he, he wanted and, and, and it, it, it's kind of a joke. Uh, but a couple of people have said if, if Tory Taylor was on Iowa state's team and was their punter, Iowa state probably is undefeated. That Special that's how teams. That's how, that's how people make fun of it. Yeah. That's how big the punting team has been for Iowa state and losing them games and just how good he is. Um, you know, just flips the field because Iowa state probably isn't inside the 10 yard line four times to start against Iowa. And then, you know, if you don't have that short punt, uh, against Baylor, you don't lose. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of the joke is if Tory Taylor was on Iowa State's team, I, they're probably 4-0 and ranked number five in the country. Um, and that's how big he is. And that's how big special teams are when you try to play this way. Now, there's certain teams that, that don't care about that as much because they're trying to run 95 plays on offense. And, you know, in Oklahoma, they can score potentially right. 50 or 60. Yeah. And, and they're, they're struggling this year. But, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're like, we're going to score 35 points no matter what, whatever. Well, Iowa State, again, just like Iowa, would just as soon win 28-17 against, you know, UNLV 
as it would Oklahoma. They want the same score. It doesn't matter. Um, and, and to have that, you have to have those great special teams and, and they just don't. Uh, but I will, again, I will makes the plays that need to happen to win the football game. And, and really, and we've talked about this on this bad podcast, but if you're undefeated, all you have to do is win. I don't care if you win by one point or 35 points. It does not matter. It's once you lose, then you have to win by style points. No, absolutely. And, and this week was, it was too close for comfort. As Tommy said, you know, sometimes I will play down to their competition. I don't, I still don't think Colorado State's that great of a team, but they brought it Saturday. They, they were ready to roll. And the, I think the most frustrating thing in that game was the first quarter or the first half was frustrating in general, but I was going down the score before half. They're going for the two for one, right? Score before half, get the ball after half and then score again. That's a, that's a big thing in football nowadays. And Petrus threw a good deep pass. He had two or three on the, on the day, good deep throws. And then we run some goofy play. It's intercepted. Colorado state runs it back almost all the way. Uh, Iowa tackles them. I was talking with like Owen and I'm like, well, thank goodness they tackled the guy because maybe they'll hold him to a field goal. Well, they didn't. Colorado State scores. So right. Iowa goes in the half down 14 to seven. And then they come out in the second half and had 17 unanswered points. They they took care of business, but it was definitely a wake up call. Just a few stats. You know, Iowa was four of 13 on third down. That's not good. No. You want to have better numbers than that. And then an interesting one that I didn't realize, but I was just looking at the stats. Colorado State had almost 50 rush attempts in the game for only 95 yards. Oh. And they still only lost by 10. So it was it was one of those you hope it's a wake-up call for Iowa, especially before this week, because this week's now got me a little worried. It's a Friday night game on the road. That's, that's what I was, was going to say, you know, Iowa should win, and, and it, you know, everybody's look. You're a top five team, and, and Maryland are they ranked or just right around number twenty five? They're four and zero, but they're just outside the top. 25. Okay, so but they're right around number twenty five. Um, only a three point spread, so it's kind of fishy there. But Friday night, so your schedule's a little off, and it's just weird on a Friday. Um, I, I kind of look at it, you know, not quite in the same breath as when Iowa State beat Oklahoma State, you know. It, it was a Friday night. It was, you know, late, you know, seven o'clock kick, you know, not during the day, not a Saturday afternoon game. And it just kind of throws everything off and it just gets you uneasy feeling. Now, you know, I think I was a better football team and, and they should, you know, I actually would expect the same type of game. I, I expect a 28, 20 game. I mean, I really do maybe 28, 14, um, you know, 24, 17, you know, maybe even a little closer, um, and, and then, you know, and the other thing that gets this kind of uneasy is the big showdown the week after, you know, as long as Penn state holds up their end of the bargain and Iowa holds up their end, we got a top five, top six, uh, game, uh, and all the attention will be on Iowa and Penn state. No, I, and you wonder if this Colorado state game was a good wake up before this week because this week could have been the one that was the wake-up call or even a potential upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Friday night. Maryland's going to be pumped up. The crowd's going to be going crazy. It's it's a chance for them to knock off the number five team in the nation. To his younger brother, he's got 10 touchdowns on the year, one pick. I don't know a lot about him. I just looked at his stats. Doesn't appear he's a runner. 
So he's more of a pocket guy, which is that's good for Iowa because yeah. hopefully the pass rush can get after him. He's not a guy that's going to scramble and make a lot of plays on Iowa's defense. I, I think he is a lot like Tua there. He will run like third and six. He will scramble, and he's good enough athlete to get it. Uh, but they're not necessarily going to design runs and sprint outs and everything else like that for him. Everything I've heard about him. He, he would, then, if, if they're going to throw it, he's going to be in the pocket. Right. And that's what that's what the numbers show. Again, I, I've watched a lot of Maryland football. I'm not going to lie. That's not too <laughs> People get tune into, but a few players on the watch out is the running back number eight, Taylor Fleet Davis. He's averaging 7.1 yards of carry so far this year. He hasn't had a bunch. He's getting like eight to 10 carries a game, but he's getting 7.1 yards of carry. So that's a guy we've got to watch out for. And then the receivers, number five and number seven, uh, Rankin Jarrett and Dante Dennett Jr., I don't know anything about them. I just I looked at the stats. They both got three touchdown receptions on the year. Uh, that's about all I know about Maryland. Again, this game's got me a little concerned. This is the first game I've – I'm probably overreacting here with the last week, but this is the first one where I think the Iowa defense of keeping teams under 24 points or less might be in jeopardy this year. I'm probably overreacting a little bit, but this is the first game that's got me kind of scared about that. Yeah, it definitely could. And I, I think it I, I think they will be under that. Uh just but I, I can see where, you know, the, that that record is or that is gonna come to an end sometime. I don't know when it is, but it's gonna come to an end sometime. And you want the offense to be able to out sometimes you do have to outscore them. That's the difference in you look at Alabama football today compared to 10 years ago. Ten years ago, they were their quarterbacks were game managers, they just didn't screw up. Now the last three quarterbacks they have are all playing on Sundays. You got Jalen Hurts, you got Tua, and you got Mac Jones. So they went out and got the elite quarterbacks um, and playmakers and stuff and, you know, first-round draft picks, and and they're really untouchable now. You know, 10 years ago they won national titles, but they weren't necessarily almost untouchable. You know, LSU beat them in a regular season, had to win it, win it again. One time they got to the title game, not even getting to the – SEC championship game just because of the way it worked. Um, so they got kind of some lucky, I'm not even going to say lucky, but benefit of the doubts because they're Alabama and, and other teams lost and everything. Um, so, well, just, you know, that that Iowa State beat Oklahoma State. That, that allowed Alabama to get that second chance at LSU. I mean, that's what that was. Iowa State loses to Oklahoma State. They go win. They're number two. It's LSU versus Oklahoma State for the for the whole thing, Alabama doesn't even get an opportunity. Um, so things have, have broken Alabama's way, and then they've taken advantage. Uh, but now they'll, they'll go, well, they play Ole Miss this week, and, and last week and last year I think the score of that game was 63-48. to 48. Who would ever think Nick Saban's defense is going to give up 48 points? But he's realized, and I don't know if you watched this, but on the Manning, he was on the Manning cast last night on Monday Night Football, and he said the hardest thing to defend is no huddle football. And obviously that's what Lane Kiffin does. And that's what Lane Kiffin brought to Alabama. And so he understands that that's hard to defend. And so that's what he's doing. Um, and he, he's figured it out where there's going to be games where you just have to go out and score your, the other team. And, and he went out and got the offensive players to do it, unlike he did 10 years ago. 
Yeah, he's he's adjusted well to the game. He he wasn't stubborn, saying this is just how we're going to do it. He adjusted, and Ole Miss there, they got Matt Carroll, one of the favorites for the Heisman right now. We, we've got some good matchups next week. Actually, you got, you know, Ole Miss versus Alabama, 12 versus one. That that might be a good game. We'll see if Ole Miss can, can live up to the hype there. You got Cincinnati, number seven, versus Notre Dame, number nine. I'm interested. In, I'm interested in seeing that one. Because, again, Notre Dame's one of those that are undefeated. They've done what they've needed to do, but they've not been impressive. And, yes, they want, they beat Wisconsin by 20 points, but they did not beat Wisconsin by 20 points. They had two pick sixes. Two pick sixes in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, yes, they won the game by that much, but they did not beat Wisconsin by that much. Exactly. And then you got uh, Arkansas, number eight, at Georgia, number two. Yeah. That's I, think, gonna be- I think that's where game day is. So okay, I, I didn't see where, and just looking here on Yahoo app, Georgia's favored by 18 and a half in that game. So that tells you what Vegas thinks of Arkansas that they're probably a little overrated or they're not right. Well, and and Georgia, there's people that think Georgia's the best team in the country. I mean, and that's and, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even, be even going into going into the season, they, they were the team that, that there were people that thought they were better in Alabama then. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's another Alabama Georgia. A national championship again I, I mean I hope not but I could see it no, I, I mean if if you had to pick today I would say it is I mean just yeah to me today that those are the two I mean th- those two teams have looked the best of anybody and then just one other game you got Michigan 4-0 at Wisconsin 1-2 and big noon kickoff I think on Fox but that's well, that's, that's an interesting one because Michigan's got a chance to get to five and zero. Oh. If Wisconsin loses, they go to one and three. Typically, don't score Wisconsin at one and three, so it's no. That's that's a big game there. Uh, if, uh, if you're if you're the Hawkeyes, you really want Michigan to win that game. Uh, get Wisconsin that third loss. Um, essentially, really get them out of the West conversation. You know, because yes, you're playing in your division, but all those wins and losses count. Um, it doesn't matter who you play. Yeah, absolutely. You want Wisconsin to lose the game, even though it's going to make for a more lame matchup later in the year versus Wisconsin. But that doesn't matter. I mean, you, you don't I'm, you don't want Wisconsin any part of winning the West if you can help it. Yeah, I mean, if if Iowa wins the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten West, and who cares? So yeah, <laughs> that's one of those. But a lot of football to be played. Uh, Clemson's now at twenty five. Just looking into next week, I, I've kind of got. Uh, well, I think that's it for next week. Never mind. But yeah, I guess Clemson was the only one I want to talk about. It's just weird to see them ranked at 25. Yeah, I, I I heard a stat and I forget what it was, either weeks or months or years that they had been in the top 10 for many of whatever of those in a row. Um, and they dropped all the way out. You know, you, you can say what you want. Obviously, that first loss to uh, Georgia wasn't going to hurt them that much. I mean, one of those two teams was going to lose. Um you know, a top five matchup. It was a close game. I mean, it wasn't a blowout or anything, uh, but they, they've not looked good. And, you know, much like, I mean, I would compare them a lot to Oklahoma. The difference is they have that loss, you know, to to the team, you know, the, the close loss um, to Georgia, which not, you know, if they were still, if that was their only loss, they'd still be ranked seventh in the country um, as long as they were dominant the rest of the other games. But they struggled with Georgia Tech and then, you know, obviously the loss to NC state and, and they've just free fall. And, uh, uh, cause NC state isn't a world beater, you know, to me, I like it though. It's other than it's, Alabama it's, and Georgia, this is, I know Iowa state's not going the way you want, but there's a lot of unknowns in college football right now, which I think is fun. Now at the end of the year, it'll probably be the same usual suspects. So 
Or Ohio whoever. State has a loss. And, and that's what hurts almost worse is, you know, if you're the Iowa Hawkeyes, you're watching all this stuff happen. You're like, if we just win, we're in. You know, win and you're in. And, and mm-hmm. Iowa State would have been in that situation if they had just won and, and you know, um, you know, for as bad as Oklahoma has looked, if they are undefeated. They're still undefeated, yeah. Most likely, just the way things are going, they're going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because Ohio State has a loss, you know, Ohio, and, and as long as Oregon keeps winning, you know, if Oregon keeps winning as number three team in the country, you know, you're probably going to have two SEC teams, Oregon, if they are undefeated, especially with that win at, at Ohio State. Um, you know, if Ohio State would run the table and their only loss is to that Oregon team that's still undefeated, it's probably those four, which would suck because you're going to have two teams with the loss go that the loss is to one of the other teams. So you're just going to get rematches of games already this year, which kind of sucks. But that's probably the four best teams. Um, but, you know, Oklahoma this- will have Oklahoma would have one heck of an argument if they're undefeated. And let's say Ohio State has does have that loss, or whoever loses the SEC title game, if it is Georgia or Alabama, whoever loses, uh, Oklahoma's like uh, we won every game we're we want, we're supposed to, uh, we didn't lose, we should be in. Uh, that will be one heck of an argument if that does happen. There'll be a lot of arguments, and this is the perfect year for an eight or twelve team playoff. We we spoke about it before last week or two weeks ago, but this would be the perfect time for the expanded playoff, which is going to happen. It just, it's not going to happen this year. So it's going to be four teams. And I think we know two of them probably. And the other two, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, Season goes on. There, there's, there's really three teams uh, that are in as long as they win. Um, Georgia, Alabama, and Oregon are in. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if Oregon stays undefeated and Alabama and Georgia are undefeated going to the SEC title game, those, yeah. three, those three teams if, are in. If Oregon wins out, you're right. They're, they're in. So, I just I have less faith in them than I do Georgia. But, I mean, those are the three, though. And then if those three kind of run the table, like you said, then is it is it Ohio State, Michigan, or maybe even Iowa? Is it in Oklahoma? And what about maybe even a Cincinnati or Notre Dame if they run the table? Those, those, that's but that's basically that, that's the thing too. If Notre Dame's undefeated, how do you hold Notre Dame out of there? I mean, they're Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I mean, and. and you know, we're talking all these teams have to be undefeated. You do know there's only going to be two or three undefeated teams. I mean, that's just the way football works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I was probably going to lose a game. I don't know which one. Probably going to lose a game. Michigan's probably going to lose a game. You know, Notre Dame, I don't know. Oregon, I don't know because the Pac-12 sucks. I mean, they're awful. So, um, Notre Dame's kind of young on offense, I think. They're, right. they're probably going to lose, and they, they might even yeah. lose this week. They yeah, if lose. they lose, they're done. I mean, and they could definitely lose this week. That will be that will be the big thing, is if Cincinnati ends up up there undefeated, they beat Notre Dame, they beat Indiana. Now, Indiana does not look near as good. They're much like Iowa State, you know, mm-hmm. lots of preseason hype and everything, and and uh, already have two losses on the year. Um, but uh, – Quality team, but maybe not great. Right. As as but, you know, Cincinnati, hey, we scheduled a Big Ten team. We beat them. We scheduled Notre Dame. We beat them. What else can we do? And there isn't anything else they can do uh, until they get to that Big 12. And just one last thing on that expansion and everything. The new rumor is that the um, Arizona 
Arizona State and Colorado are coming to the Big 12 or the Big 12. That's the new rumor. You're on some teams in there. That's you still need a top dog, I think, but you got you got a lot of there meat. isn't a top dog to have is the problem. No, I know. And we, we spoke about last week. You make do with what you can. At, the thing is, if they add those teams, you are you've got a lot of really good teams in that middle. What I call that two to three to yep. seven or eight space. Yep. That's going to be a tough conference, but who's really the top dog? There isn't one. There isn't one. And like you said, there wasn't one available probably. So they, yeah. they made do with what, what, what they could. You, you, you get the next best available. But still, I mean, if, if they can keep adding teams like this, it's. That, that would get them to 14. If you take, if you get those three. It's a step in the right direction. I mean, you, you keep adding uh, Arizona state's been okay. Arizona's had their down lately, I think, but. They've had some years there in the past. And who was the other team you mentioned, Colorado? Yep, coming back. They just, uh, there's some, they don't like the Pac 12. Well, they, I don't know what needs to happen in Colorado, but they're not very good. But still, I mean, if you keep adding teams like this, it, it's at least a viable conference. Maybe not a great one, but it's viable. Well, it, I mean, if you would get those three teams, um, you can make a serious argument that it is better than the Pac 12, then. You know, you, you take, you know, as an entire conference, top to bottom, you top know, obviously bottom, yeah. you're, you're, you don't have the USC and the Oregon, uh, but you, you are better from two through seven, you right. know, you are better there. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, two through seven, you're better. It's just, you don't have the top guy, but you know, I mean, depending on you, who USC hires, they, they might just stay stagnant or they might rebound. Oregon looks really good. I, I'm interested to see how Oregon does the rest of the season, but it's uh, I know college football is kind of exciting this year to me, just the different teams and it's not the same. I mean, it's sort of the same old, but not quite there. There's some new blood and there's right. some old blood going out, you know, AKA Clemson being at 25. Right. Yeah. You got Clemson losing, you got Ohio state player walking off the field and quitting in the middle of a game. And I heard about that. He tweeted about it too, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. That's enough uh, college football. Let's go to the, the pros. Um, and again, I did watch, you know, the Sunday night football and I watched the Monday night football. I wasn't really paying attention to the football last night. It was more just listening to the Manning's talk. Um, the disappointing part of that is they are not back until week seven. Um, they're not doing it every week for some, I mean, so. I knew they were doing it every week, but I didn't realize they're off to week seven. Though. Yep. So, uh, but the, it's just super entertaining. And, and Is that because Eli flipped off the camera? <laughs> well, that was awesome. I mean, it really <laughs> was, but, but you had, just the thing that that those guys know what's going on there you know everybody gives kind of tony romo crap well it's because they've been there done that those two guys know what's coming and then you know they had lebron on who was great saban was on it was great saban was really good um you know and, and the stat that he threw out there he said he has 73 players in the nfl <laughs> so an entire nfl roster plus practice squad yeah, he goes, he goes, they're not all active. He goes, that's practice squad. That's everybody. He goes, but there's 73 guys. He goes, you know, he goes, and I don't watch a lot of NFL. I'm working and it's just too many guys. And he goes, but every Tuesday morning, my assistant gives me a list of how everybody did and everything. So he goes, that's how I keep up. I don't necessarily watch it. Um, and I know coach Calipari gets that at, at Kentucky basketball too. Like every, and that's a every morning thing. Cause basketball is a lot different. Uh, NBA plays every day. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, 
you know, but that stat of 73 guys in NFL. <laughs> well, the NFL roster is 53 plus. I, I I don't know the exact number of practice squad, but that's a full franchise right there that he's yeah. got in. And then, and then, you know, last night during the game, obviously Jalen Hurts uh, was his guy, you know, um, obviously transferred and stuff. And, and he, he gave big props to Jalen Hurts. He goes, he stayed one more year that he didn't have to knowing that he was going to be the backup, but he led us get to another championship game and win it because he stuck with us and worked harder and got better. And then Tua got hurt in the, cha- in the SEC championship game and Jalen came in and bailed him out. He goes, he goes, there's no better teammate player than Jalen Hurts. And he goes, so we sat down when it was decided that he needed to go somewhere else and play. Um, he said, where do I, where should I go and what should I do? And, and they both agreed on Oklahoma because they had the best players and the best coaches. And, you know, so it was truly Nick Saban saying, hey, you're not going to do it here, but go play there because that's the best for you. And, and he had nothing but respect, you know, and then obviously uh, the D back from from uh, the Cowboys that had the interception. Diggs, return. Probably. Yeah, just unbelievable. And he had a couple of plays where they were talking and they're like, you know, hey, coach, how much did you work on that drill? You know, the the knockdown drill and everything. He goes, Oh yeah, we worked on it all the time. And, you know, and, and just Saban's just an unbelievable football guy, just absolutely just a genius and a savant at, at defensive football and, you know, just, and every one of their guys goes to the NFL and there's a lot of good football players. Saban's Saban's easy to kind of hate on. He, even I have at times, but he, he actually would probably be a very enjoyable guy to be around outside of football. And, and I haven't watched it, but I guess uh, Peyton's places, he went there and, and him and Saban had a thing and Saban took him on his boat and flipped him on his tube and stuff. And so they were pulling up the highlights of that and everything. And cause that's what he does. Like when they've shown it, he does that with all his players. They all come to his house and they go out tubing. And, you know, I think, you know, he, he comes off as a grump, ish guy but i i think he is i think he's tons of fun and you know like you you said this earlier he's adapted to his players i mean there's no way he could have imagined in 1983 when he was starting to coach and and the old school and he played at kent state was jack lambert's you know teammate and stuff and uh what he would be doing you know right now uh and the type of player that are is coming in today and the NIL and all that, you know, essentially he walks into the living room and says, Hey, do you want to come to Alabama? I mean, and it's a yes, 90% of the time. Yeah. He, he's not a hard sell anymore. He just, if he walks in the living room, that's case closed. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, do you want to come? I mean, we're giving you a scholarship. Do you want to come? And the answer is, yes or no and if it's no they move on to the next guy because they'll just go to the if this guy's number one in the country he wants to go to georgia just for an example um okay we'll go get the number two guy i mean that's that's where he's at he goes he goes we're not gonna cry over spilled milk on this we'll just go get the next best guy and he might end up being better than you anyway no no they'll just move on and yeah he's he's adapted well like like we've talked about and just Peyton's places or not Peyton's places, but the Mannings that, that looks awesome. I hope they keep doing that. They're taking a break, like you said, but those two are entertaining as can be both are really funny. Yeah. Uh, well, then they just give each other a hard time. And, you know, and the last night they had Matthew Stafford on, he was really good. And they were talking about things and LeBron James was good. And they were talking about, you know, um, 
you know, he, how he could have probably played in the NFL. And I, I truly believe that. I mean, just that kind of athlete, like Peyton said, he goes, I would have loved to have you as my tight end. I'd have thrown 75 touchdown passes to you. <laughs> I mean, you think about that six, 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 seven, and that kind of athlete. I mean, that's, there's nobody like, I mean, Antonio Gates is that type of player, um, but he, he's not as athletic as LeBron James was. No, LeBron definitely probably could have played in the NFL if he wanted to. Well, he was, I mean, think about this. He was Mr. Football in Ohio, which is one of the best football states in the country as a sophomore. Top five or six football states there is. Yeah, as a sophomore. And then didn't play anymore because, and and like they said, they all said, you made a great decision. I mean, he is truly (laughs) the best basketball player in the world for a while. He's not anymore, but for, you know, a a 10-year stretch or so, he was, and it really wasn't close. Yeah, he, he definitely made the right decision. And, but yeah, I hope the Manning's keep going on. You know, we're into week three now, and it's just crazy. Uh, Justin Tucker makes a 66-yard field goal. And then the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Steelers are all one and two. Right. Now, those last two teams don't really surprise you as much, a little, but not as much. But the Chiefs and Seahawks being at one and two, that's, you know, that now we're into the season. We thought we knew how the season was going to go. I think the Chiefs will be all right whatever but again the nfl always has a few surprises for us well i think i saw the chiefs are in last sole last place in the division for the first time since 2015 since andy reed got there probably yeah and speaking of andy reed he he had some medical stuff going on dehydration dehydration is what i i heard or whatever was i hope that's i hope that's all it is i I don't know how old he is probably like 67 or something i i don't know i would guess that but you know i mean obviously being a professional coach there's a lot of stress and then he is obviously kind of a big guy so hopefully he kind of gets his health underway because you don't want to see Andy Reid you know have to leave the game or or even worse because he's one of the best to ever do it uh one of my favorite coaches I'd like to see him stick around for a long time so hopefully he gets good gets well and yeah just the Chiefs and Seahawks being at one and two that's that's strange to to say that to see it on the record, the standings. Right. Um, you figure the Chiefs will get it figured out. The Seahawks, I think they'll get it figured out, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not as confident as the Seahawks as I am the Chiefs. But again, going the NFL season, like the Raiders, they're three and zero. I didn't expect them to be three and zero. That's a total surprise. We'll see if they can keep it keep it going throughout the entire season. But again, you know you. You think you know what's going to happen in these NFL seasons or have a general idea, and then there's a handful of teams that throw you a curveball here through three weeks. And Denver's 3-0, but haven't beat a team that's won a game yet. So No, and that's – But that's, that's not their yeah. fault. That's not their fault either. You can only play schedules. They play schedules. Yeah. So. They, they faced three opponents. They beat them all pretty handily. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and part of it – the part of the reason that those three opponents don't have any wins is because they beat them. <laughs> that's, that's part of it. but. Yeah, that's not the that's not the fault of the Broncos. We'll see if they can keep it up. Technically, they've had the easiest schedule this far. Right. I, I I still think they're a pretty good team, but I, I don't know if they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. Just that's my feeling on it. They'll probably make the playoffs, but I don't see them make a lot of noise. Um, you know, kind of getting to uh, another bad team is the Jets. That was one of my I picked against them last week. I, I texted my picks. What you got right. on Sunday, didn't you? Yep, and I put it up on the Twitter, so it, it was uh, official. Okay, well, 
So I did I did have a winning week. We'll get in that later. But the Jets are averaging six point seven points a game right now on on offense. And in today's NFL, today's football, we we could be looking at one of the all time bad offenses. That they cannot move the ball at all. Running, throwing, it doesn't matter. So the Jets are really in some trouble. The, the only good news is their coach and their quarterbacks are rookies, so they're going to get a free year pass. Well, they're, you know how that works. It's a right. rookie coach, which I think is kind of funny, and I have these weird things kind of like you do. Sometimes I'll be watching a game and a rookie quarterback will throw a pick or or take a bad sack or something, a bad play, and you always hear the announcer goes, well, that was a rookie mistake. And I'm watching like, is it really a rookie mistake or is it just a mistake? I, I see pros do this all the time, so or veterans do this all the time. But that's that's a good thing about being a rookie, right? You kind of get a free year pass. Not everything's a pass, but the majority of your rookie year, your rookie season, you just it's kind of a freebie. People are just like, well, it's a rookie. The media's not on you as much. It's year two and three where the heat turns up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, the the Jets look pretty damn bad. <laughs> so yeah, they don't look good. And then, then they have that TikTok kid or whatever that breaks them down, and it's, it's pretty funny to watch. If you need, I don't know, but like type in Jets kid, you know, it just makes fun of them. It's pretty funny. Kind of breaks it down, and it, it was really funny last week. I'll uh, check that out. That that'd be a good one. Um, well, just speaking of the other New York team, the Giants are on three. Yeah, I saw a stat where those two teams in September have been awful. Like over the last ten years, like their record is awful. Historically, bad. And I, I don't know how the Giants can have playing at home. They've got a couple extra days of preparation. You're playing one of the worst teams in the league, we think so far in Atlanta, and you lose. I, I just things are starting to come unraveled there. And I, I think by week six, seven, eight, I think Jason Garrett probably gets fired. Their offense coordinator. They just the defense has been okay this year. They only gave up 17 points to the Falcons, and three of those were on the last play of the game. The offense only put up 14. That that's not acceptable. And I, I think if I'm any of these contenders, and not a lot of people are talking about this, I don't think, but if you're the Buccaneers, the Rams, even I know they traded for running back, the Ravens, the Bills, I'd be calling up New York every single week until the trade deadline, trying to get Saquon. And I, and, and I think they probably should trade him and try to just get two, three, four players for him. Well, maybe uh, you're not going to get draft, a bunch of – And draft pick. I mean, you're going to get draft picks. Maybe you get – you know, say the say the Rams, for instance, or the Bucks. They trade him a, a third-round pick next year and then a fourth in 2024. Or 2023, I should say. You get a couple of draft picks out of it. They're not going to get a first out of him. He's had injuries. He's never been the same player since his rookie year. But still, Saquon, even if he's a B or B minus of what he was when he came in the league, he's still a lot better than Leonard Fournette, Sonny Michelle. So if, if you're these teams that are really think you have a chance to go to a Super Bowl, I'd be calling New York every week trying to get maybe make a trade for uh, Barkley because the Giants, most likely they play at the Saints this week. Probably going to lose that game, you figure. Go to 0-4 and – you're probably and they don't have a lot of cap space moving forward either. So it might be time for them to start looking to move off Saquon. As fun of the pick that was at the time, it was fun. It was exciting. All right. I think most people knew deep down you can't take a running back number two overall. Oh. Just they pass on Josh Allen, the quarterback, Quentin Nelson, the guard for the Colts. 
probably the best card in football. And now they're paying the price for it, sort of. So if you could trade him, maybe get a couple draft picks. I just everyone on that team, Evan Ingram, the tight end, Bradbury, the cornerback, the the Giants might be selling off pieces here in a few weeks. Well, and speaking of bad coaches and, and a bad team, the, the Bears are right there. Um, there's a lot of people that expected Nagy to get fired on Monday <laughs> or think he should have got fired on Monday. I don't know. But no, uh, I... a, a, a historically bad uh, football game on uh, Sunday uh, for Justin Fields. Um, and, and I don't his... feel like a lot of it was his fault, though, necessarily. No, and, and I actually saw a thing today, and I don't know if it's true or not. It might have been more of a parody thing. But for all those people saying he held the ball too long, but his average time of getting hurried was 0.78 seconds on Sunday. <laughs> well, I think I think the average play for an NFL quarterback is 2.6 or 2.7 seconds. So it's quick. It's under three. Right. But from what I heard, I like I said, I started out watching the game. I watched like two series. And then I just watched the Ryder Cup because that's all I cared about. But from what I heard or read about the game, they just left Miles Garrett one-on-one all game long with Jason Peters, who's like 39 years old and almost retired. Right. And Garrett's one of the top 10 best defensive players in the league. So it, it does sound like a bad coaching thing, but I, I don't know if Nagy needs to be fired. You know, as Coward, Colin Coward brought up, he did take Trubisky the playoffs twice. So you think there might be something there with Nagy, but it was definitely not a good look for Justin Fields, Nagy, uh, that first game. We'll see how they do week two. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a lot better, but yeah, I'm not going to overreact too much and be like, oh, Fields can't play. I'm sure he can. It's just, it's one of those matchups where they just weren't ready or whatever it might've been. Well, and what I don't like is either yesterday or today came out and said every quarterback could get the start. No, they can't. It's Justin Fields. If you're going to go with him, go with him. You can't start him a game, sit him, start him a game, sit. You can't do that. Yeah, I don't like the, the quarterback carousel, no. just If he really is not ready and he just had to play because Andy Dalton's hurt, that's fine. If Andy Dalton goes back in the starting role, yeah. then, and the team's going to know, the players are going to know, and that's what's most important. The players right. know if yeah. he's ready to go or not. And if he's not, if Andy Dalton starts, the players will be fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, won't, put on, they won't put on the coach and be like, yeah, it's the right call. Well, and then and then and he had to play Sunday because Dalton was hurt. That's fine. That, that, there's he, he might not have been ready, but you still have to play him. <laughs> that's what that's for us next man up yeah so i it's only that's about as bad as it could have been for justin fields oh, i think i think it's going to be a lot better time will tell but yeah i mean he you know he got his welcome to the nfl i know when his first preseason game they did a press conference after and uh, somebody asked him about the speed or about yeah, the said game. it was slow or whatever yeah it's not yeah. so slow anymore when you got miles garrett jadavian Clowney, and yeah a full group and, of starters and, right and the Browns and, and the Browns are really good. I mean, this isn't the worst team in the end. You know, it wasn't like and and the the Bears have played, you know, their two losses are to the Rams and Browns. Those two teams, if you had to say today, um championship team contenders. Yeah, both both should be in their championship games or real contenders to get the championship games. Mm -hmm. So yes, they've gotten beaten bad twice. Um but they might have lost to two of the top five teams in the NFL too, and and the Bears are not in that league yet. I mean, they're just not. They're they're hopefully approaching top twelve is is what the Bears would want. You know, I think if you could say they were a top twelve, top 15, twelve to fifteen team this year, that's probably uh, uh, right where they are. 
Yeah, now you got me uh, questioning one of my uh, spread picks for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm taking the Lions plus three, but now I'm kind of regretting it now that you mentioned that. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it was a good opening, uh, not good, but it was a, a good experience probably for Justin Fields. Like, no, the NFL's not slow. Nothing slow about it. It's <laughs> And look at all the rookie quarterbacks. Zach Wilson stunk. Yeah. Mac Jones stunk. Trey Lance isn't playing. I mean, he plays a few plays. He had a, I didn't right. get a rushing touchdown. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is throwing a lot of picks. Yeah. And that, that that could just be the bad coaching and the NFL. But still, I mean, it's is – Catered as the NFL is nowadays to offenses and quarterbacks, it's still tough to play quarterback in the NFL. You just don't, you just don't roll in the league and do it. And that's well, and then, why. And then a guy like Justin Herbert, so exciting. Justin Herbert rolled into the NFL instantly and took over. Herbert might be the next real, like and, real legit. And, and people, and I, and I know we've talked about this on this podcast. Herbert wasn't the draft pick he was because of one football game. He had one horrible game against Arizona state or Arizona. One of those two. Yeah. He just absolutely awful. Like four picks, like just didn't and just fell off everybody's draft boards in one game. And then people made stuff up about him, which we right. talked on here. I yeah. think, I mean, just he's never lived away from home. Well, most college people don't live away from home. They go to their, they go to the, the in-state school. Yeah. That's best, you know? Right. Yeah, most most quarterbacks aren't like Brock Purdy and left Phoenix to go to Iowa State. You know, you know, you get them, you know, you know, the Texas quarterback is probably from Texas. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, it's uh, but yeah, I mean, he had one really bad game in college. I think it was Arizona State, just and and he just never lived it down and just uh, but he he was he was good at Oregon, he really was. Yeah, he was legit, and again, going into the draft that year, it was Tua, and, and him was kind of the, the debate of the next best guy, and we, we've talked about on here once or twice before, but a lot of the rumors were, like I said, they were like, well, he's never lived away from home, he's always lived on the West Coast, and I just like, well, yeah, that's where he grew up, I, I mean. And he's he, still he there. Part, <laughs> I mean, what is, what is he, like, what, is he supposed to just go to Florida State just because he's supposed to move, like? Yeah, that's where that's where you get to the point, like this NFL draft process stuff. People just make shit up yeah. and they're they're either trying to talk themselves out of a guy or they're either trying to talk other teams out of a guy because they want him. Right. And that's a lot of the, the mind games or the the headlines that get played with that. But Herbert looks like the best young quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. I, it, I would it's agree. Not close. Yep, absolutely. I mean, Tyler Murray's up there, uh, but I, I like Herbert. Herbert's. I think it'd be a top five quarterback for the next 10 years, potentially. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He's looked really good. You know, one at Kansas City. I mean. He's two and one versus Mahomes. Yeah. So. I mean, right, let's, let's, get your, let's get to your picks, Trev. <laughs> okay, the picks. Um, so I was seven, eight, and one going into this year or going in this week. I text you on Sunday morning. I had eight picks. I went five and three on them. The, the picks that I did lose that I texted you, I had Washington football team plus seven and a half. I had the Eagles plus three and a half. And then I had the Giants minus two and a half. Those are my three losses. The wins that I had, I had Chargers plus seven, Bengals plus three, 
Broncos minus 10, which is a big number, but it's the Jets. So right. I'm going right. to take it. The Lions plus eight, which that was my favorite play of the week. I thought the Ravens would be overvalued and come back down to earth a little bit. Big dramatic win over the Chiefs. And then I had Dolphins plus three and a half, which they covered. So five and three. So now I'm 12, 11, and one on the year. I need to enjoy it because this might be the last time that I officially have a winning record. <laughs> and then my upset pick, I did hit on that too. I had Bengals over Steelers. So I'm two and one on my upset picks this year. I'm pretty proud of that. There you go. I have to get a little plaque made or something. But as far as this week's picks, I got uh, six here. I got the Texans plus 17 at the Bills. And I'm purely taking that at seven because it's 17 points. Right. In the- I said that's just a number. That's not because you – that's just truly a numbers pick. Yeah, that's – there's no value in taking the Bills in that pick. I mean, 17 points is insane, even in the NFL. And I think the right. Bills really have bounced back well. So I'm taking the Texans, just 17 points. Okay, like, I'll take it. The next one is I'm taking the Lions plus three. At your Bears, uh, I could see the Bears winning maybe, but I, I the Lions are a tough out. They're playing hard for Dan Campbell. Yep. And they probably should have won that game last week if it wasn't for a 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. That right. I don't know if you saw the highlight of it, but it, it yeah. hit the crossbar, bounced the right way for him. Yep. But that happens. I mean, that's... It does. I'm taking the Panthers plus five at Dallas again. I think Dallas is going to be overvalued because they played in prime time. I think Dallas wins the game. Yep. But probably about three. It's about a field goal game there. Yep. Uh, Panthers lose their first game. I'm taking the Seahawks plus three at 49ers. I'm just going to trust Russell Wilson to have that team ready to go. They don't want to start one and three. So I'm going to take a plus three. The final two, I'm taking the Titans as an eight point favorite at the Jets. And that goes back to I'm going to pick against Jets every single week yep. until I see differently. Don't blame picking me. An eight, picking an eight-point favorite on the road is not typically a good thing to do in the NFL, I would assume, but the Jets are awful, so I'm taking the Titans. So, so, you're, so you're not going with the old Brent, Brent Musburger home team getting points. Nothing better than that. Well, typically I would I would say that. And now look at all my picks, I think. Well, yeah, my last one, I think the only this is the only home team I'm taking. I'm taking the Eagles plus seven at home versus the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Chiefs win the game. They're going to win it for Andy Reid, homecoming for him if he goes. I, I assume he is. But looking back at the Chiefs' uh, last 19 games, uh, 12 out of 19 of their last go, – or going back to last season, not counting this season, 12 of 19. Uh, 12 of those were decided by seven points or less. So everyone has this notion that the Chiefs just – they blow everybody out. It's not close. Well, most of their games are a touchdown or less. Yeah, that's the NFL, though. That's yeah. not just that's not saying the Chiefs are bad or anything. That just as good as the Chiefs are, as good as Mahomes is, still a lot of close games. That's the NFL. And then I've got uh, if you're going to love me, I got two upset picks of the weeks this week. That, that will be fine. Absolutely. There's no official rules. So I got I got Lions over the Bears. I think the Lions get their first W. I think Justin Fields plays better, but I think the Lions still get the W there. And then my other one is I have the Seahawks over the 49ers, both are three-point dogs on the road. I think Russell Wilson's going to win his team to win. Not let him get to one and three. So I, I like both those picks. I mean, I'm even a Bears fan, uh, so I hope that one doesn't happen. But I, I could definitely see Seattle uh, beating uh, the 49ers. 
I was trying to pick between the two. I'm like, yeah, Morg won't care. This isn't, you know, this isn't some serious. Right. But we can have two this week. So the, the, I'm going to – we'll see what the record looks like at the end of the year. But I got Lions over Bears, Seahawks over 49ers. Oh, very good. All right, any uh, closing thoughts or anything, Trev? No, not a lot. Hope the, Like I said, hope the Iowa teams win. Uh, Friday night's going to be a nerve-wracking one. Hopefully Iowa State takes care of Kansas. I would think that they will. Um, and then the NFL, you know, over the next probably two or three weeks, then we're going to really – we're going to know a lot more about a lot of these teams. Yeah, you're going to figure out who's for real and who's not. And Some of the fake teams, some of the teams that maybe started out bad, and we'll know a lot more in a few weeks. But it's, it's good to have football back, and we will uh, talk to you next week, I suppose. All right. Thanks a lot, Trev. Have a good night. Yep, you too. Thank you for listening to Morgan You Asked For podcast. If you like what you hear, click the like button or hit subscribe if you want to hear more episodes from Morgan You Asked For podcast. Also, if you would like to comment or with any show ideas or anything, please contact me at Morgan You Asked For podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at RyanMorgan34.